Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today I'm talking to Albi Solana. He is the founder of Marigi. Marigi, it's spelled M-E-R-I-G-G-I. And it is a men's resort wear brand inspired by the Mediterranean. It's storied past, enduring style and unhurried pace. And here to talk about the brand and a little bit about himself is Albi Solana. So I'm Alvi Slana, born and raised in, in San Francisco. Background by trade is in finance. So started in, in um, investment making before kind of pursuing pursuing Marishi and, and kind of bringing it to life. How I would describe it, you know, I would say it's an elevated take on, on resort wear. Um, think about, you know, what you would want to wear taking a trip to, you know, Italy or France or Spain or Greece um, in the summer. Where does the name come from? The name took us a long time, but it's actually short for an old Italian word called medigiare. People aren't saying it anymore these days, but um, what it meant back in the day was kind of to rest under the shade at noon. So we took kind of this this old Italian phrase and chopped off the end. And thus, we have Marigi. Interesting. And you mentioned the word us there. So are there a couple of people behind you? Um, like, How did you get this off the ground? Yeah, yeah. So I have, I have two partners um, that work with me. They've been fantastic. So yeah, we've been working on Marigi for, man, four, I want to say four years now. It's kind of crazy thinking about COVID. But, but yeah, we've been working on Marigi for, for a very long time, um, although we just launched last summer. I'm curious to know why this project for you, because investment banking, my girlfriend was in the world of investment banking, and I know that she's got no appetite to go over to do anything in the fashion world. So I'm wondering how come you uh, transferred over to this site? I had always had like an in- a, a deep interest in menswear. Like I was the kid in, I don't know how this translates to England per se, but like the kid in sixth grade who wore a suit to like, you know, the school year headshots, like it was ridiculous. And then I later paid my pretty much like paid my lunch money with uh, flipping sneakers in high school. So there had always been kind of a deep interest and appreciation for the industry, like way back in the day, I had always been kind of entrepreneurial early on, but I entertained the idea of pursuing it in university, but like cooler heads prevailed. And so I studied finance instead. Um, and so that obviously led me to kind of to the bank, to the job at the bank and, and in New York. But, you know, as you can imagine, like, it's just like not an environment that lends itself well to expressing yourself, like, especially at the junior level. And so it, it was really tough because I had like this itch for menswear and I was like, how do I do this? Like, what are like little subtle ways? And for me, it was like, okay, like I can wear a specific kind of loafer or like a specific tie to work but like that's that's the extent of it yeah that's interesting i've got a friend who's also uh, from the it world and he had a, a very still had a very keen sense for fashion and he kind of went into the the tailoring element like you know what shirts he wanted to wear because he I think he preferred the buttoned up look and still does and that yeah. kind of felt like his suit of armor whereas i'm getting the vibe and correct me if i'm wrong but the brand for you feels like this is your release from that world. This is what you yeah. would like to spend more time doing. Yeah. Am I, am I on the money there? Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. I mean, like literally it came about like the only time I was able to kind of like wear what I wanted was like on the weekends or like the one week a year trip that I took. And like the idea from the brand came about after 
my one week a year, <laughs> one week a year vacation. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I would definitely say it's kind of a, an escape from, although don't get me wrong. Like I love to put on a suit, you know, when, when it's appropriate, like I love, I love it. I love wearing that. Talk to me about the swim trunks. How, uh, how do they come about? Do you take a hand in the design? Where do you source the fabrics? Yeah. So as far as kind of how they, how they came about the design wise, you know, <clears throat> at least when the idea came about and we're talking about like five, five years ago at this point, um, there weren't too many shorts on the market that kind of sat a, a decent bit above the knee. There was a heavy kind of, um, surf community in the U S. So like, um, I just didn't really find shorts that like I felt were flattering and that could kind of like take me from the beach to like post post beach cocktails or even dinner, you know, like in the summertime, like I'm living in, in my swim shorts. Um, and it's not just like something I'm wearing in the water. And so really kind of designing a short that was fit for like all occasions really. And one that looked elegant at the beach and, and at dinner, as far as kind of like sourcing it, man, given I didn't come from the industry, like it was a yeah. lot of trial and error. Okay. So this is uh, this is a question that I get asked a lot uh, on this podcast, especially Pete, where do I start where I don't know where to begin? So you yes. have the idea, you have the germ of the idea. You might even have a little bit of capital, but yes. you know, it's a, it's a big C. And if you're not in that world, you can't take to it like a marlin in open water. You've got to start somewhere. So what, where did you start? Where did you begin? Where I started led to a lot of mistakes. So rather than telling you where we, where we messed up, I'll tell you what actually worked. Okay. <laughs> actually kind of had a friend who's actually now a formal advisor to, to the business and the brand. But he was like, look, for, for what you want, like, start with the fabric. There, there are these trade shows that take place around the world and they're massive. So like you, I'm talking about everything from like swimwear fabrics to like form stuff for formal tailoring buttons and yarns. Um, but they take place around the world. And so um, he was like, go there, book a trip and I'm sure you're going to find something. So I literally booked a ticket that day. Um, it was like three weeks later. And, you know, bear in mind, this was just an idea at the time, right? So like I had to make fake business cards. Like I had to like create a one pager on like the brand and the vision. Oh, very cool. So you didn't, you didn't have like a, a complete web build or anything, but you just had no. like maybe a mission statement or some kind of a concept. Yes, exactly. So like we had, we had like created a prototype previously that we were like, it just wasn't workable, but we did have a little bit of photography. And so we kind of like plastered it on this like one pager and sorry, you're right. We did have like a, a very bare bones, like website previously. Right. Um, but the product just wasn't, wasn't strong and it wasn't there. And so kind of went to this trade show and introduced myself to several folks and then ended up finding kind of the fabric suppliers for our swim shorts there. I was later kind of put in touch with somebody to help manufacture things overseas um, because, you know, just given where we wanted the short to sit in the market price-wise, like we knew we had to make this overseas. It's not something that we could do domestically. So yeah, it, it took a long time. It was several years in the making but finally came came up with a product that we were happy with and it's a great product i want to talk about it a little bit more but i know you touched on some of the mistakes you made and we don't want to kind of relive them or rehash them but i do think it's important and i know people that are listening to this 
want to get an idea of the mistakes that people make along the way so that perhaps there's a bit of advice you can impart. Yeah, I think, I think like, um, hmm, how do I put this? I'll give you a minute and uh, just rehash a quote that I always like to cite about Dyson. He, uh, the, the Hoover maker, he said, well, I had to like make a thousand mistakes so that I got the right one in the end. I mean, you have like so many iterations of the final products, but each one of them yeah. had to be a huge mistake until he found out exactly which one he wanted. Did you find that you made a lot of shorts along the way that just weren't good enough and not the quality that you had in mind? Totally. Yeah. Like literally our, I would say like our first rain, our first uh, swim short prototype that we made was, was like literally felt like our raincoat. We were like, we want to <laughs> have this, like we want to have a fabric that felt like this. And then not having experience in the industry, like feeling a swatch of something and understanding how that like actually translates into a garment. Like I'm still not an expert at that today. Like it's something that I'm, I'm trying to get better at, but like, I had no idea what it, how a swatch would translate into a garment. Yeah. And so we bought like a bunch of fabric of this like swatch. The short, the cut was actually correct, relatively correct, and is not too far from like our current cut, but the fabric and the trim were just so far off from like what we wanted. Right. Um, and we found that like, look, like we can't just kind of leave it to somebody to help us like make all of the decisions. Like we have to go out and like get this, get the inputs ourselves, find the inputs ourselves and be prescriptive and like touch and feel things rather than getting a package of like 10 things shipped to us and say, here are 10 swatches pick from them. And this is it. You go, I went to a trade show and like every time I go, I'm touching hundreds, if not like thousands of swatches of things. Right. To, Cause you know, only in person and only when you feel the hand, do you really understand like, what does that translate into a, into a garment? Yeah, that's interesting. That's something I, I picked up on when I did it. I did a very small course at a fashion school here, like an evening course, right? Nice. And one of the first modules was fabric manipulation. Yeah. And you have to kind of get a load of fabric and drape it around like a, a mannequin, like you see behind me here. And you go, right, okay, I love this fabric. This reminds me of exactly what James Bond would wear when he's in <laughs> Bahamas, right? And then you think, well, I can make a nice suit jacket out of that. And you realize, oh my God, you can't, this isn't malleable. You can't turn this into anything. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, I really feel you there that you think, well, I've, I can see it. It looks good on the eye, but if you want to try and turn it into what you had in your mind, then it can it's be worlds apart, right? Yeah. yeah, it's it, and it's. I don't know how folks with with kind of proper backgrounds in the industry, like how how they translate it, but like it it is like really really challenging for me to do even to this day. So um, I I think it's just something that we're I'm going to have to work on to get better. <laughs> well, I mean, it must be quite hard when you have to delegate quite a bit as well. Uh, one question I was going to ask: Where are the, the garments made? You said overseas. Yeah, yeah, they're overseas. So, so our fabrics, our shell fabric, it comes from a mill in northern Italy, um, and then our mesh comes from another one, kind of in northern Portugal. Um, the fabrics, or sorry, the garment is cut and sewn in Egypt. So we're introduced to a great factory over there, and these guys have have only done bottoms for like twenty five years or something like that. Okay, um, and so they have a pretty substantial swimwear business, and they're just, they're great folks. And do you find it harder to to have a lot of the operations not in San Francisco? Like oh, for whatever better word that you have to kind of have. Do you have people on ground zero over there where they are in Egypt to you know, look over their shoulder and make things make sure things are running okay? And it is really tough. Like 
the time zone, the time zones are tough. So a lot of my, my busiest times are really early in the morning and really late at night. Cause I'm trying to catch the end of their day or the beginning of their day, depending on the hour. But yeah, we have, we have folks on the ground there that kind of oversee things. I'm personally visiting like every factory that we work with. So I want to say like two months ago now, I spent two weeks, um, a week in Egypt, kind of meeting with the folks over so doing our swim and then a week in Turkey where we're making some other other products that I'm really excited for. Nice. Nice. Well, I guess it always helps that you're going to these places to, <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're going to Greenland or anything like that. You know, it's got some adventure there in Egypt. Italy's not such a bad place to drop by. Um, yeah. I mean, I think looking at also the website, by the way, people can find marieg.com and it's a double G. We'll leave all the links over in the show notes, but, the website does have a slice of that talented Mr. Ripley feel, you know, that kind of exotic, uh, you know, sun-kissed moments. I think that's just the the overall riding arc of this is something that you would actually take and have those kind of sunset cocktails with either by the pool. You mentioned you can probably take that and then have a have a dinner afterwards maybe if it's in the hotel. So what was it like getting the website off the ground? Did you have to kind of oversee all of that as well? Did that fall on your lap? Yeah. I mean, great reference, by the way. It's like literally one of my, I love both of these references because Downson Mr. Ripley is one of my all-time favorite movie. Uh, The scene in the Bahamas and Casino Royale is like one of my all-time favorite scenes. So like shout out. Yeah. Creating the website. So we, we actually just redesigned our website for this coming summer and man, that was a process. So previously we had done everything ourselves, but we were like, look, we're not, we're not developers. Like we need, we need some like real help really put our, kind of came together as a, as a team. Um, and I actually wasn't the one overseeing kind of the, the e-com development. We worked together to kind of come up with a design, but actually like putting it and translating it into kind of like code was one of my partners. Congrats, Albie. I love the shorts. I love the brand. People on the YouTube will see me holding up a pair of shorts that you were kind enough to send on. These are actually kind of just a bit uh, more subtle uh, they're, they're a dark navy, they're a solid color, but I quite like the classic look of something like this. I, I reference, yeah. we both referenced Bond earlier. I feel like this is actually <laughs> quite a Bondian thing, but there's also more flashy and like, showy fabrics. You do have a contrast, don't you? You have like something for more or less everyone that wants to maybe play a little bit more safe and a bit more mature versus a young element, a young vibe that's going on there. Yeah, totally. We found, so our, our initial collection, like I would say kind of skewed a little, a little darker. Um, and then for example, I'm wearing, I'm actually wearing the Navy shorts right now this summer, you know, we wanted to kind of bring a little bit of warmth into the collection. So a lot of the colors, especially this summer, like kind of feel a little bit warmer, a little bit brighter, but still kind of true to the color palette of the brand, which is like very much inspired by kind of like the Mediterranean and the coastline and things you'd come across in, in the cities over there. I know you got a hard out, Albie. We said on the email that you got to catch a plane. Are you going somewhere nice? Are you going to Italy at the moment? No, I no. wish. I wish. Just, just headed down, <laughs> down to LA. My car has been in the shop, so I have to pick it up and drive it back up. So It must be nice to get over. Do you have like a favorite part of Italy that you can go to and wear oh. these shorts? I would probably say like, I'd say like Liguria has, we, we did our campaign there last summer. Um, we, sh- we shot it in a different, pl- a few different places. So we did a couple, we were in Camoli for a few days and then Santa Margarita Liguria for a couple of days. And like that area was, and 
this was like right after Italy opened up. So it's hard. So I, I don't know what, it, I don't know what it's like in like in, in a normal environment with all the tourists, but it was such a special place to be. And everybody that we met was so kind and the colors were incredible. Like probably, probably my favorite place, at least like by the water in Italy. Nice. There's no place like it. I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've been to, I haven't been to any of the parts you mentioned, but I imagine places like Cinque Terre would be yes. a great photo shoot. Genoa, I've been up and kind of done the tour from the top to the bottom that way. Been to, uh, we, we mentioned the talented Mr. Ripley earlier, been to Isle of Isque, not Isle of Isque, nice. sorry, uh, Ischia. It's weird. So you have like Ischia and Capri, like next to each other. You can actually see yeah. one island from to the other and everyone talks about Capri, but Capri yeah. doesn't have any beaches. It's Ischia that's got the beaches, right? So <laughs> that's what you can, you go, hey, let's say, that's why everyone kind of moors their yachts up that you see over um, Capri, <laughs> but you don't get any beach shots over on Capri. You've got to go over to Ischia, which is on the other side. But. Yeah, no, totally. The rock, the rock formations are gorgeous though. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. I, it's it's actually quite a cool place. I was so lucky. Someone they had a volcano eruption a couple of years ago, and yeah. had a had a really bad time on the island. And oh, no. the hospitality industry were kind of like screwed basically because yeah. you know, all the tourists went away. So they did this huge campaign where they got some writers in and some journalists to tell everyone that Ischia is open again. So I was lucky. I got I pulled the pulled the good straw on that one and got invited over. So that's another show. Uh, Albie, your favorite film that features San Francisco and or the Golden Gate Bridge? Oh, <laughs> I know I'm throwing him right under the bus with the directed. I'll go, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, the, so the Golden Gate Bridge, I think, has remained unmolested for about 100 years worth of filmmaking. And now every disaster movie seems to want to take out the gold. When you said that, and I was like, the first thing that came to mind was like one of the Rocks movies or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every kind of anything that happens with a hurricane or a a force of nature, the first thing that goes, especially on the posters, is the Golden Gate Bridge. But my favourite San Francisco film with the Golden Gate Bridge, A View to a Kill. You got Roger Moore, Christopher Walken duking out at the top of that. Man, I I, I honestly like cannot say I know it. Oh, you got to go back and watch. Well, just go back and watch Review to a Kill because it's an incredible Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have the uh, the the penultimate ending. I won't tell you how it goes, but basically yeah. they're having a fight on top of the Golden Gate Bridge, and it is yeah, a masterpiece. Yeah. No, it's it's it's. On my like on my bucket list, or one of one of the things I, I want to do is like go through all of the Bond movies like start to finish, oh. and it's like something I always want to do on a plane. And then I get on the plane, and then I'm like, well, there are like fifty movies, fifty movies in front of me. Or like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Like never get around to it. It's so unfortunate. Here's one movie that's not sixty years old. I'm gonna watch this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I feel yeah, I feel, but I'm also very jealous of you not having seen all the Bond movies. Crikey! Yeah, no, it's it's enviable place to be. Definitely on the to do. It's definitely on the to do. Well, you got to think of it as uh, product research. So I've I've interviewed a couple of other founders. Uh, you know, won't mention their names here for other swimwear brands, and they've had Sean Connery and uh, the likes of the Bonds on the mood boards right from the beginning. So they've oh, yeah. there's there's always a streak of Bond and. and we mentioned um, the shorts that we have here are very reminiscent of what you might see Daniel Craig wear in the in the, the Bahamas or Jamaica. 
Yeah. So uh, I imagine it's on your mood board as well. Totally. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's the mood board's digital right now. But <laughs> unfortunately, behind me, he's just got the shopping list on the uh, on the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. but, but we won't. We won't dwell on that albie real great talking to you congrats on the brand thanks so much again for sending through the shorts marigi.com the place you can go and hang out at marigi on instagram and uh, follow the journey there that's right thank you so much pete it's been it's been such a joy chatting can't thank you enough You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.